The odds against you and I both being killed are 2,228.7 to 1. 2,228.7 to 1? Those are pretty good odds, Mr. Spock. And they are, of course, accurate, Captain. Of course. And so we move to the great Texas lawsuit filed yesterday against four other states, Georgia, Wisconsin, where the real Americans live, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. The crux of this suit is, of course, an attempt to at least delay the Electoral College meeting and the Electoral College uh, confirming the election results. And it is... It's an interesting lawsuit. I was talking with Bill Mick yesterday about it. There's there's some fascinating things here. Number one, the appeal to simply go to original jurisdiction is fascinating to me, and 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 quite right. I I'm I'm all in favor of that. Uh, by making it a suit between states and appealing to that original jurisdiction, they bypass all the lower courts and go straight to the Supreme Court. I. Um, I don't think the Supreme Court's going to hear it. I, I just don't. And the reason is because, well, the entire thing is based on some statistical analysis, which always sounds impressive, but isn't necessarily so. The Texas lawsuit claims that a statistician has proven via statistical analysis that it is statistically impossible for Joe Biden to have won those four states. He places the odds at having done this at somewhere around one in one quadrillion against Joe Biden being able to win the state, in those four states in, in, in combination. That sounds like a big number, and it is a big number. When you start thinking in terms of quadrillions, you we kind of lose perspective sometimes. If you had 1.2 quadrillion $1 bills, you could cover the entire surface of the earth, mountains and valleys, rocks and crannies, water included, close to one and a half times. It would cover a mass, it would cover a, land, a volume of 399 million square miles. You have literally better odds of winning the lottery, although that's questionable as well. Uh, the idea, you know what the odds are of winning the lottery. Theoretically, at least, these odds would be even longer. When you start talking about these odds, there is some things to note. The professor quoted in the lawsuit, having signed his affidavit, which is included as an appendix to the to the lawsuit and I'm not numbers are numbers are kind of you start you, you lose people when you start talking numbers in an audio presentation but the the numbers that he presents indicate that there's a one in one quadrillion chance 10 in the 10 to the 60th power that Joe Biden could have won these four states now when you make an extraordinary claim like that 
it requires extraordinary proof, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's kind of a given. Making a claim that one in one quadrillion chance of somebody winning something is, well, I mean, those odds are, are, are almost better than you actually being here, if you think about it. In fact, in quantum physics, anything above 1 to the 10 to the 51st power, 1 in 10 to the 51st power, is considered, quote, impossible. Quantum physics defines impossible as anything better than 1 in 10 to the 51st, which means that this is beyond that by another magnitude of nine zeros. If you think about it, it is what he is saying is statistically this is impossible. It can't be done. That's the claim. And of course, most, most folks are pretty excited about this, particularly on the conservative and political right. I've listened to other shows around the country this morning where people are just, boy, I hope my state joins in on this. And, and, and there are some valid claims, I think, in this particular lawsuit. The idea that if, if a state is found to be cheating, or fraudulent, that does disenfranchise other states. And I agree with that. The problem is, of course, you have to prove it. You have to show that it actually happened. And this is what the Kraken lawsuit was supposed to be about. Remember all that? Still waiting. Uh, we don't have enough tentacles to be an octopus at this point. So I, I, I don't know what to tell you. The fact that we believe that there was cheating is different from the fact that we proved that there was cheating. And you may not like that, but again, we're being distracted by these wild, fantastic claims that are preventing us from doing what needs to be done. And that's part of the problem. The problem with these odds, one in, one in a quadrillion, which are physically designed, quantum physics defines as impossible, is that they are all based on a singular word. You wanna know what that word is? If, if. Now, there are a lot of things about that word. I think my favorite, Master Chief Joe Adamson, and I'm sure he didn't originally say this, but he's the guy that I first heard it from, once told me, if if and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And if you knew Joe, well, you'd be giggling too because I can see him saying that with his pipe in his mouth and his big old bug eyes looking at you as he's, he's, he's pointing his finger at you and, and saying that, Bowman, if if and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So go, go, go give me something that actually means something. Go give me something that actually proves what you're trying to do or say. And therein lies the problem with this Texas lawsuit. And it's why I don't think this lawsuit is going to go anywhere. They did include the appendix with the statistical analysis. And I think anybody who reads that statistical analysis doesn't have to go very far in it before they realize the problem. This is an actual quote from the statistical analysis. If the 2020 voting population had precisely the same party preferences as 2016 voting population, Biden could not possibly have won. If you can't already see the problem with that, well, I don't know what to tell you. If 
the 2020 voting population was exactly the same as 2016 in these four states. Well, is that a reasonable assumption to make? And remember, this is an assumption being made to prove a statistical analysis. Well, let's talk about this, shall we, for just a moment. One of the complaints around the country right now, and I belong to a group on Facebook, although I've kind of quit using Facebook anymore. Uh, it's driving me nuts. Um, one of the complaints around the country is there's too many Californians moving to these places with low taxes and low housing prices. And yet, they're voting as if they are still Californians. How many Californians in the last four years moved to Georgia? I don't know, I didn't look it up. I know that the Seattle Times last week ran an article claiming that California and Washington are what flipped Arizona blue because so many Californians and Washingtonians moved to Arizona that, well, the voting population no longer has the precisely the same party preferences as the 2016 voting population. How many young people turned 18 during those four years in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, sorry, where the real Americans live, and Michigan? Michigan, which by the by, has often been a blue state. Wisconsin, which was a state that Hillary Clinton should have won, but didn't by snubbing it. The first presumption in this one in, quadrillion, one in a quadrillion odds is that everything is precisely the same as it was four years ago. That is a flawed assumption. Number one, it makes no logical sense, but number two, you can't prove it. What are you going to do? Go and interview every single voter in those four states and say, are you precisely the same person that you were four years ago? And ignore population shifts? The bigger problem is, of course, the second one that he says. If the mail-in and in-person voters had precisely the same party preferences, Biden could not possibly have won. And right there is the fatal flaw in this whole presumption of one in a quadrillion. We already knew that mail-in voters and in-person voters did not have precisely the same party preference. Now, you can argue as to why. You can say, well, it's COVID, it's cheating, it's whatever. But we already knew that. We already knew that they did not have the same, precisely the same party preferences. In fact, it wouldn't make sense if they did. And in places like where I live in Washington, where you can only vote by mail, how could you possibly say that? And again, you're still, deal still dealing with the same demographic shifts that you were dealing with before that are completely ignored here in this, in this lawsuit. It's all based on a giant if. If everything is exactly the same, if everything is precisely as it was once upon a time, then Biden could not have won. That's what we're saying here. That's, that's the entire crux of this lawsuit. Everything has to be the same. Nothing can have changed in the preceding four years. Nothing could have changed. Now, Again, I'm not saying I like what happened. I'm not saying I agree with what happened. I'm not saying there wasn't cheating. What I'm saying is, do you really believe that nothing changed in four years? Do you really believe that four years of media pounding on Trump had no impact on anybody whatsoever? None? 
I don't believe that. I don't think you believe that. I don't know anybody that could believe that. Because if you did believe that, well, as Voltaire once said, you're believing in absurdities. And once you start believing in absurdities, it's a real easy thing to get you to commit atrocities. Atrocities don't necessarily have to be genocides or evil things. Atrocities can be as simple as, well, I didn't get my way, so I'm going to stomp my feet and not vote in the senatorial elections. It's a big old if, folks. It's an if that you know makes no logical sense whatsoever. Looks good on paper. Sounds great. Go buy those lottery tickets because it sounds great, doesn't it? Sounds fantastic. You could win millions. <laughs> no, you won't. And you know that. And you know that this lawsuit has a one in quadrillion chance of succeeding. <laughs>